rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Tara Devlin. I am the founder of the delightful Normal People website called RepublicanDirtyTricks.com, now known as RDT Daily. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app or at GDPR Revolution 99, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all those places and other places growing Growing, sharing, and caring, living life in this declining empire, trying to not get the hell out of here, I guess. Um, it's tough, I know. It is tough. Every day, I have a knot in my stomach. It gets bigger. And people say, hey, hey, it's going to be okay. I say that, too. I say that to other people when they're feeling down about it, but... Um, we do live in interesting times, and we're, it's, there's, there's good and bad, obviously, to it. The bad news is we're suffering under a fascist wannabe dictator and his racist-ass policies. The racists have a lot of control in this country, and in fact, I was speaking today with some friends, and and discussing the the world at large, and we were talking about the fact that it's not that Americans are less uh, are less evolved or more stupid than other people. There are stupid people all over the world, racists, dumbasses. Just so it just so happens, right now, our racist dumbasses have entirely too much power, and they are solidifying power. That's what they do. That's what Republicans do. Conservatives, whatever you call them. Now they're called Republicans. A conservative rose by any name stinks. So they are concentrating power, concentrating wealth. They are ultimately with the goal of getting rid of democracy altogether. And don't think that it can't happen here. It is happening. And what are we going to do about it? That's, that's where, where we're left right now. What are we going to do? Because we have to do something about it. The only reason it's allowed to continue is because we're allowing it to continue. If millions of us went into the streets and shut this place down, the entire country down, it would be over in a day. But we're not unified enough to do that. We're not together and that's what that's by design. They want us to remain divided. So we're at each other's throats rather than at the throat of the 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 perpetrators of the abuse against us. And it is abuse because it's a, it's malpractice to pretend to be a a representative in a country with that you're actively dividing, that you're attacking members of the of the community that you put pitting people against each other stoking fear anger resentment hatred ignorance that is a crime against the the soul of this nation if you're 
the, 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 the country, the United States, is a nation of immigrants. Unless you're a Native American, you are an immigrant. Somewhere in the not-too-distant past, you were an immigrant. Your family is a, came here as an immigrant. So we are a nation of immigrants. And to, to hate that, to hate our identity, is really kind of schizophrenic. And how do you expect people to be... Everybody has PTSD in this country. I believe it. I believe it. It is not that I believe it. I'm saying it. I believe it. Of course. It's the truth. But before we really get into it, let's just say, I need your support to keep this going. If you, if we, and I'm not kidding. This is not just saying just because I need people to become a patron or give some chat, uh, super chat donations or whatever. Buy some merchandise Give us a review on iTunes. All these things help the show grow. But it's also, we're in the fight. This is what this show is about. The more people that we reach, the more people will be educated and connected enough to do something about what we're up against. And, I, and that's how the American Revolution began. In the tea shops with the pamphlets and people whispering about a life without an intergenerational aristocracy and a king. And we're there again. Because you think if you think MSNBC has got your back, whew, you haven't been watching that, that, that show, that shit show. So before I begin, too, I want to say on uh, August 31st, I'm going to be a, a, a panelist. I'm going to be on this, uh, at this event called Minds New Jersey. And um, if you go to the top of my Twitter page at Real Tara Devlin, Twitter slash Real Tara Devlin, you'll see it's pinned to the top. There's a link there. And it's a panel about getting along with other, not getting along, but uh, having a dialogue with people of all different persuasions. And I'm on a particular panel called um, The Great Migration, a discussion on digital and physical immigration. But there's other, so there's other people on this panel, of course, including very, very right-wing pe people. So it should be interesting, especially I'm saying to myself it should be interesting because I don't, I don't want to argue with people. I mean, not argue. I don't want to fight with people, but I'm not, I'm not going to put up with this shit. If somebody comes in and starts spewing bullshit about immigrants, you know what I mean? It's going to get interesting. So, because I'm not into it. I'm not into ignorance. And that's our duty as Americans, frankly. If you're a, a true patriot, doesn't sit silent in the face of ignorance. And we don't let the intolerant assholes, this is what also gets me uh, all the time. How many times have you heard it? We, I've heard it. Oh, liberals, you're supposed to be so tolerant. Where's your tolerance? Like, we're not, we don't to tolerate intolerance, okay? We don't tolerate ignorance. When you tolerate that kind of shit, that's what you end up with a outright fascist dictatorship, like in Nazi Germany. Uh, oh, no, no, don't talk about Nazis because that's Godwin's law. Don't, you're breaking Godwin's law, which is another thing that is just incredible bullshit, there is no reason. Why do, why do you have uh, history? Why do you learn history if you're not going to 
abide by history's lessons. We live in a, we're not even 100 years out from that atrocity that, that, that killed 55 million people all over the globe the, for, the, for the fascist dictatorship, for the, the racist, fascist, corporatist, you know, scums who, ter- who turned the entire globe into a bloodbath. And that's what people are capable of. If, if you tolerate them, if you tolerate hate, like, it, like we do in this country. You know, I, th- I was thinking about it, about the Tiki Torch assholes down in Charlottesville. And I was wondering, oh, you know, this is what happened. Oh, we have freedom of speech in this country. But then you, there's also the, the, the old adage, or there is a limit to freedom of speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. And in a nation of immigrants, in a nation of 320 million diverse people, wouldn't it be sane to have some hate laws on the books where, that limit the kind of hate speech and, and walking through a, a, a town with tiki torches yelling blood and soil and Jews will not replace us is nothing but a hate rally. And to tolerate that shit is exactly why we have a, a young woman who was murdered because we tolerate Heather Heyer being run over by a right-wing fascist freak who uh, was a, a, a fan of the Holocaust. You know, not just, a, not just somebody who studied the Holocaust for, to educate himself, somebody who was ad, an ad, admirer of the murder, of the systematic murder of, of millions of people based on ignorance. You know, they were called, um, what are they, uh, an invasion, right? Well, the same kind of language that we hear coming out of the so-called representatives that are now sitting in power despite receiving fewer votes. And I'm not just talking about Twitler, because Twitler is, he's just the symptom of the problem. We would not have a Twitler if we didn't, if we had a functioning democracy where the working class got a, a piece of the pie and weren't just being ridden to the bank mercilessly by these oligarchs while they pretend to do it in the name of mom and apple pie. Fuck. Sorry, I'm just cursing now. Just letting it out. Uh, sometimes you just got to let off some steam. So anyway, just go to this event on the 20... Oh, where the hell am I talking about? On August 31st. That'll be fun. It should be interesting, right? And if you use the code TARABUSTER, you'll get, I think it's 15% off now, tickets. So do it. It'll be good. We got to do these things. I don't know. I hope to see you there. I'm going to keep plugging it. It is what it is. You better get your ass there. Because <laughs> I need backup. God damn it. As I say, we stick together, we win. I'm not kidding around. And it's true. We do stick together. And we will win when we stick together. So, all right. So what this week, I, I'm particularly... So every day I'm like, temperature check on my own level of anxiety and anger. Um, so today it's pretty high. I watched... Of course, let's. I don't. I'm not sure what to talk about first because I want to get into the Democratic debate, and I also want to talk about Twitler and his dictator-loving um, 
tour of Europe. It's unbelievable. And why Nancy Pelosi isn't impeaching him for that alone. And this is what I'm talking about, tolerance. If we truly love America, if we, re- if we really love the grand experiment in liberal democracy that so many people fought, bled, and died to entrust to us, that when they went over to Normandy, they were all moved to tears, except Twitler, who was moved to make a bowel movement f- figuratively on the national stage and call, and, and call names, call people uh, schoolyard bully names, while the gardens of stone were behind him. Of these dead American soldiers, could you imagine what they would have thought if they could, if they, you know, obviously they can't think because they're dead. Because they died for this thing, for this democracy. Supposedly, that's what they died for. They died fighting fascism, the, f- the kind of fascists that that freak, Twitler, and his Republicans enabler, uh, enablers all praise and want to hang out with. What a disgrace. That's one of Trump's favorite words. It's a disgrace, it's a disgrace. Could you imagine what they, these poor souls, these young American people, American patriots, soldiers, who, in spite of their, their I'm sure, amazing uh, fear to, as they were landing on the beach, to, to go forward anyway in the line of fire, to, to give their lives for the cause of freedom and democracy, that they could, they could imagine in... 75 short years, there would be a monster that was denigrating their their sacrifice right in front of their, their final resting place. And then he would go around and, and palling around with dictators. Remember how we heard about Obama palling around with terrorists? Bullshit. I mean, that was just bullshit. And palling around with anybody who has a anything to say positive about the working people. If you're on the side of the working class, you know, you're palling around with with a uh with a socialist, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. But um now it doesn't matter. The Republicans are they're pretty silent. They don't give a shit that their standard bearer, con man, dictator envying, uh tax cheating grifter is palling around with dictators who actively attacked our democracy. You know, there's, no, there's more ways to attack a country than, there, than, than storming a beach. Clearly, now, especially in this digital age, they've attacked our elections, not just with PSYOPs operations that all these asshole, dumbass, moron, dupes, Republicans, average Joe idiots fall for, I, I mean, I don't understand how they, they, they just fall for anything. And that's how a democracy fails, frank, frankly. But uh, the, could you imagine if, the, if, if Obama said anything near or did anything near what this monster is doing in, in front of the world? He, he, we are now in this axis of dictators, Turkey, um, what do you call it, Kim Jong-un, the Russia. Who, uh, Russia is our um, overlord now, basically. Um, it doesn't matter what Trump is saying. Oh, he puts, 
we're, we're tough on Russia. We're so tough. It's all bullshit. Putin is an old KGB spy. He knows how to play things. And uh, if there was some kind of, oh, these two boats almost crashed in the middle of somewhere, whatever, that's, that's all bullshit. That's for show. That is so Trump can pose and pretend that he's somehow tough against Russia while they are raping our democracy, while they're walking all over him and making fools of everyone. They not just with the psyops operation. They also hacked our campaign, our uh, not campaign. What are you talking about? On uh, they hacked our um, voting machines. It's unbelievable watching Twitter at genuflect in front of dictators. It's it's that alone. That's what I I was every time something happens. I've been tweeting to Nancy Pelosi. Not that it matters, but now can we impeach him? Now is it time? Can we move forward? With the impeachment inquiries, oh, he's not worth it? Is America worth it? Is democracy worth it? The Republicans, they hate democracy, as we know. They hate America. I mean, it's schizophrenic, right? We're a nation of immigrants. They hate that. They're constantly trying to gerrymander and rig and fix votes, and they don't care how they get power. And when they get power, they damn sure make sure that they pull the levers up behind them, the ladder, so nobody can ever climb up and, and, and pull them out of power. They're corrupt. They don't like democracy. I mean, it really is the truth. I've been saying this for years. I just wish that it really was true that Republicans, they liked, they still, we'll just keep it at like, they like democracy. And they, they like a, an economically vibrant working class. They just have different ideas how to how to get there and to and to foster the general welfare that's never been their concern they don't like having to deal with democracy they it's pesky it's annoying to them they want to have utter and complete power and trump is the is the personification of that he's the first one who is really come out of the closet about it they've always been like that but they had to keep it under wraps they've always had to kind of give lip service to democracy. They've always had to at least pretend, but they, they're not. They hate democracy and they want to dismantle it, and they're doing it. How do you know? Know them by their fruits. It's not just that they hate when black people vote or when people, any kind of people of color vote, anybody who's not a straight white male votes. They don't want anybody to vote, ultimately. It's annoying to them. Uh, even uh, Lindsey Graham recently tweeted something about Trump being president for life. Sometimes they'll let it slip that uh, how they feel. And I always and I reference when uh, Rush Limbaugh said some people are just born to be slaves. That's how they feel. That is ultimately what we're up against. The fight for the soul of this country and a functioning democracy is that we're fighting against conservatism. The founders had to fight the conservatives. The conservatives were the loyalists, the ones who were pining to be trickled upon by the king, the ones who fled. They went to Canada they went and the, or they went back to England. They didn't want democracy. Democracy is a dirty word. It was a dirty word for thousands of years. Now it's going back to being a dirty word. As you saw with Putin at this G20 summit, he 
gave a speech or whatever saying how the, well, not a speech, an interview saying that uh, the liberal democracy is dead. And of course, Trump doesn't know what the hell that means. He doesn't understand what liberal democracy is. This is liberal democracy, the grand experiment in liberal democracy. We are not students of uh, the Bible. That's not how they created this country. The, con- the, the founders didn't flee a intergenerational monarchy to come and, re- and recreate one here. They fled that intergenerational monarchy, and they, they were students of the liberal age of enlightenment. And many of those writers ended up in jail. They, what they were writing and talking about were very controversial, and it took hundreds of years. The, the age of enlightenment started to evolve in thinking that, oh, you know what, um, not, this intergenerational aristocracy, it's a nightmare for the majority of human beings. And thinking began to evolve that we don't, maybe we don't need this a king. It's not right. So, I mean, here we are. And one by one, different, um, you know, governments around the world began to adopt forms of democracy. It doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way forever. That's why Putin, he's really laughing all the way to entrenched power forever and ever. Amen. With the help of the American so-called president, who would ever, ever predict that? But it is really a coup, a slow motion coup playing out right before our eyes on social media, on television, in the corporate media, and what are we going to do about it? Are we going to allow them to get away with it? Uh, I don't know, because it seems like we are. When we have representatives and the majority of Americans, oh, they're saying, well, nobody wants impeachment. What is the, why even have impeachment then? Why is it there? This is uh, everything that we have asked the Democratic leadership to do, they have thumbed their nose at us. And we didn't get here overnight. We, they allowed Bush to lie us into a war. They, they, well, I mean, Ford pardoned Nixon for his crimes, his outright crimes. For, Ford, when Ford pardoned him, it was, that set the precedent for the, um, those who have power will never be accountable for their crimes. They can do whatever the fuck they want to us. Break-ins, ger- I mean, what, what else did he do? Uh, I mean, just rigging and the, just the, the crimes of Nixon seem you know, like nothing in, comp- in comparison to what's going on. So I just, uh, when the, that's this whole, I mean, there's, there's two sets of laws, obviously. Now, as Mueller said, when the Mueller report came out, how the Trump could not be held accountable for a crime—that's long-standing Justice Department policy. So, uh, what if uh, if he murdered somebody? If let's say he did shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, are you telling me he can't be held accountable for a, for his crimes? What what if he's murdering democracy? in the middle of Fifth Avenue. He's doing it right in front of us. And dancing with these dictators, uh, the, the, the utter corruption of everyone in his cabinet and everyone around him, the, the incessant lying, everything that he does, attacking the press, all of these things. If we truly valued 
and cherished democracy and understood how it could just slip right through our fingers, why we, we would be, honestly, more, um, we would be more aggressive about protecting it. We wouldn't allow that kind of, like, that kind of talk. We, the, the fact that he's going after the press, that alone should be uh, an impeachable offense. The, the, the press is the only um, profession enshrined in the Constitution uh, uh, protected and necessary for a functioning democracy. Why would the founders do that? They didn't put, um, they didn't put, what else, you know, whatever. They didn't put uh, tanning beds in there. I don't know. I was trying to think of something. You know, I mean, they didn't put, uh, they didn't put the army. Well, I guess they did. I don't know. What am I talking about? But you know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to find a, a contemporary um, kind of profession that is not, that was not enshrined, but I couldn't think of one fast enough, so. But you know what I'm saying. It's uh, that alone for Trump to attack the press and then go and play kissy face with a dictator uh, uh, who hates, who, who's a king. The, uh, the antithesis of this thing, the everything that the founders fought a revolution against, that when Trump is hugging and humping the flag, uh, that's what, what is he hugging and humping? He's, is he hugging and humping liberal democracy? No, he hates it. It's annoying. It, we know just by his attacks on the press. So he is using this country as, uh, you know, I mean, he's just using it for his own political gain, but we're allowing him to get away with denigrating and dismantling it while, of course, praising and pretending to be, in, and now he's going to give a speech on the 4th of July, like, F off, no way. After coming back from this G20 debacle, where he, he's, uh, I mean, what an embarrassment for him to tweet about, oh, please, please, what did he say? After some, let me see, where is it? He wants to go meet Kim. Oh, my God. After some very important meetings, including my meeting with President Xi, Xi of China, I will be leaving for Japan. I will be leaving Japan for South Korea with President Moon. While there, if Chairman Kim of North Korea sees this, I would meet him at the border slash DMZ just to shake his hand and say hello. Question mark. Explanation point. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't put an eggplant on there too. You know what I mean? An eggplant emoji is the, for those who don't know, is the, is a, is the representation of a, of an erect penis. So, unbelievable. That alone, just to shake his hand. For what? Because it's, there's nothing going on. There's no diplomacy happening here. It, there's, he is giving Kim Jong-un ex everything he wants and getting nothing in return. He wants a, to be legitimized on the world stage. He wants to be considered a big, big deal. This is a guy who is a brutal dictator who starves. His own. Remember how we heard how Saddam Hussein gassed his own people? And we ha that's why we had to invade? This guy starves his people. 
he doesn't allow them to have Twitter or that's why he said he wrote if he sees this, you think he'll see it. It's like he he seems like a schoolgirl with a crush. You think um, you think Kim likes me? You think he'll see this? Oh, um, what did? Well, he responded pretty quickly. You think he likes me? Will he shake my hand? Of course, I'll go over the onto his his territory. Of course, I will. And what do you think the North Korean state media is going to do with that that propaganda? He he has given Kim Jong Un all the all the propaganda he needs to elevate himself and to maintain a, a power and control over his people. Not demanding anything in return. Oh, saying, oh, well, uh, he gave us our hostages back. Well, why the F did he take them in the first place? He also murdered one of them. Right? I mean, he gave one, one back in a comatose state with brain damage, for Christ's sakes. But that's okay, because why? What are we getting? This guy is a... He's a threat, and the Republicans, on top of the threat to democracy, now that they're, they're drumming up this war, I guess we're just going to be an endless war, endless and, and, and you know, uh, forever and ever, amen. No, who's going to fight in that war? Not Ivanka, not Barron, not Tiffany, because Trump, in his divorce papers, made it clear that she would get no... No, any she would be not she wouldn't be supported if she joined the military, you know, because he loves the military so much. What a filthy, disgusting family, all of them vile, wastes of human DNA, and waste of our time and and life. How are we allowing this to continue? That's the baffling part. Unbelievable. It is the bath. And why, how the Democrats aren't um, beginning impeachment hearings, fighting fire with fire. It's not enough to uh, bring in John Dean from the Nixon era to get absolutely no press. It looks weak. And it, look, it looks feckless and stupid, frankly. They And for Nancy Pelosi to just go along. The other thing, oh, before, this is what I was going to say, too, because the Republicans are, they've gerrymandered and rigged and stolen. They, they stole two Supreme Court seats. That's not a, that's not me being whatever. We know that, that that's the truth. That's what they did. That's what uh, Mitch McConnell did. And why the Democrats... Uh, uh, don't uh, uh, don't don't say every time they mention Neil Gorsuch and 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 Kavanaugh. Every time that they they refer to them, why they don't call them stolen seat Kavanaugh and stolen seat Gorsuch? You what do you think the Republicans would do if the shoe was on the other foot? They are illegitimate. Mitch McConnell blocked. A legitimate, a twice legitimately elected president who was elected twice in a landslide vote. So we, she, it's not, it's not that he was, he's blocking Obama's pick. Yes, he, of course, Obama picked, but we picked Obama to make the pick. So he was spitting in our faces. 
taking uh, taking our rights away from us. We elected Obama to fill that Supreme Court seat. That that I mean, Mitch McConnell. How many votes did he get in Kentucky? In comparison to what President Obama got, right? This is what always gets me, because it's sort of like these fascist bastards who represent the amount of people that equivalent to a small town on Staten Island are dictating the future of our country when they are illegitimate. We voted for Obama to fill those seats. And Mitch McConnell, with um, however many people voted for him, it's not anywhere near the amount of people who voted to put President Obama in the presidency. And he's allowed to get away with it. And I don't know, man. I don't really know. Well, how are we going to get through this? Do they really think that it's just going to go back to normal after he goes around the world and embarrasses us and... Uh, not and not just it's not just the embarrassment i mean maybe that would be it would it would be tolerable if it was just him being embarrassing but not being able to spell or praising dictators it's enough to praise dictators but the fact that while he's out there around the globe like a parasite getting his narcissistic supply his flying, flying monkeys are back here in the United States. The Republican Party are back here rigging the system and destroying democracy for generations. How are we going to get it back when we don't elect representatives that will, will do their jobs? All right, let me go off on the Democrats a little. <laughs> People say <clears throat> we shouldn't have a circular firing squad. That's great. I don't want one either. But we need to win. We're not going to win an election by being Republican light, by being uh, moderate. That's what, people need change. How many times have we voted for change? Change you can believe in. Trump was change. They think that they're going to attract voters who they voted for Obama twice, and then they went to Trump, because the system continued to fail them. That's why. And they believed it was rigged against them. And Obama was change, remember? Change we can believe in. What the F does that mean? Change we can believe in. Talk about nothing. That's, bad. That's just as bad as make America great again. Change we can believe in. Everybody just throw your, it's like a Rorschach test. Throw whatever you think that onto there. I mean, I know what I thought. I thought that Obama would be like FDR. I was wrong. I wanted him to be. I was like, oh, thank goodness we have somebody that's going to restore democracy, that's going to uh, really fight for the working class. And yes, that was the problem, though. He didn't really fight as hard as he could when he had the chance. And that's why we lost the majority in the midterms. Because people are sick of it. The pendulum swings back and forth and back and forth, supposedly. This is what the, what the pundits all tell us. But what it is is that they keep getting, people keep getting disappointed by each party. Then they vote this one in power and then that one in power. But all the while, the American working class is dwindling and becoming the working poor. There is no, there is no middle class anymore. What's the middle class? If you're married, you, you and your spouse have to work two or three uniquely American low-paying, no-benefit jobs with no security 
and no retirement just to not even come close to the standard of living you thought your grandparents had? That's ridiculous. And I keep thinking about FDR because the only reason FDR didn't get elected in a fifth landslide election was because he was dead, not because he pandered to the right wing, to the shitty policies and the kiss-up, kick-down oligarchy of the right wing, banksters. How much more do they need? They need it all. That's what it is. I mean, we're at the precipice here. When you ask, what more can we give these blood-sucking bastards? Because they really do think that we are hosts from which to suck profit. They're the parasites, and they turn around because they have the microphone, they have the corporate media, and they start calling people makers and takers. They're the takers. There is no absolute reason on this planet that anybody needs to be a, a, a billionaire, for one thing. If we, were really, if we really cherished democracy, it's not just going after Trump for his ab- abhorrent language and anti-democratic dictator love. But we have to understand that taxing the rich at a high marginal tax rate and making corporations pay taxes and to, into the government, into the civilization that they're profiting off of is a way you protect democracy. But there is no love for democracy in this country. We're not teaching it. We're not teaching about how, oh, what about the history of how republics fail? We have many examples. Mostly we have the history of authoritarianism. So we're, we're relatively new here at this thing. And we need to actively cultivate it and cherish it and protect it like you would protect an, uh, you know, those, one of those eggs that you would walk around with in high school. You know what I'm talking about? When they had to protect it at all and get up and feed it or whatever. It's the same thing. You have to protect democracy like it's a, as fragile as it is because it is. And you have to, you, you can't tolerate the fascists. You can't tolerate these bastards getting away with what, they're, what they've been getting away with. But we have been tolerating it. Um, so I watched the Democratic debates, both of them, and they were, it was interesting. And what I've been talking about uh, a few weeks ago, and people were up my ass about it, don't go with the first circular firing squad, don't go after Joe Biden. First of all, this is a primary, okay? We're trying to whittle down these nominees or whatever, these candidates, and pick the one, the right person, and the right combo of people who can beat Twitler, okay? We don't want a repeat of 2016. We, that's going to suck. We need to pick somebody that's going to win. And I believe, this is me, I don't know, not everybody can agree, you don't have to, but um, that a moderate is not going to win. Because this is a base election. It's always a base election. You get your base out. If you, if you have nothing to vote for, people are going to stay home. There's, what are you going to vote for? I'm not Trump? Good luck. Good luck with that. That's what they want. And so it was, it was very good, actually. I thought that Cam- Kamala Harris was amazing. She was awesome, on point. And I think she can beat Trump. I totally do. Imagine her and, and Twitler up there on stage. She will eviscerate him, and that will be just fine by me. And she's very smart. 
And yeah, I mean, I love Bernie. And the fact is, Bernie has shaped and given the, the Democratic Party hope because without De- Bernie's policies, um, th- what would we have? We would have another change you can believe in. We're legitimately, we're, this working class, the, the, the American experiment is on the ropes because the, 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 the founders knew that you needed to promote the general welfare. What the hell is general welfare? It's not the welfare of the corporate elite. They are fine. They're doing great. In fact, they're doing so well that they're, they're like cancer cells eating the body politic alive. And it's going to be over. We got to get it back. And, and the person who is the Democratic nominee needs to recognize that for real. And thank you, Bernie, for calling it out. People, people keep saying, oh, it's, um, he keeps saying the same thing. He's yelling at me. I don't, uh, he keeps telling me it's the, the elite. Well, that is the problem. He's exactly right. We have a, uh, it, it, it's wrong that three people have more wealth than 50, more than 50% of the population. It's ridiculous. That's not a democracy. And guess what? Those three people, um, one is Jeff Bezos, the other is uh, Microsoft guy. I can't remember the third one. <clears throat> um, you know, what's his name? Bill Gates and somebody else. But it is true. That's what he said was true. But there is, they'll, they'll be fine with, um, I don't know, $500 million instead of a bill, $2 billion, $4 billion. Like, they don't really need it. After a certain point, I think you're going to be okay. You don't need billions of dollars. That's not democracy. That's not freedom. We're not free. Those, all those people who died for this liberal democracy um, didn't die so Bill Gates can have a billion dollars or whatever, more than a billion. I know it's more, all of them. And that, what that does is it's a, that's a danger to the grand experiment. That's why Teddy Roosevelt was for progressive taxation and, the, and talked about the high marginal tax rate and the estate tax being necessary to prevent an aristocracy from developing and to protect democracy. And it used to be commonly understood. And that's why I believe shows like this need to be, keep staying on the air and need to be supported because we're the ones saying this, this stuff. You don't hear this on the corporate media. What do you hear in the corporate media? MSNBC, that's your liberal media. Give me a break. All MSNBC is now, it's, it's devolved to completely polls about Donald Trump. Who's up in the polls? Who's down in the well, well, not just about Donald Trump. Well, now it's the, the election. Up in the polls, down in the polls, and, and, and Trump's tweets. That's not journalism. We can read Trump's tweets on our own. He's a fucking liar. On top of it, they don't go into anything. They don't explain anything. And all they do is talk about socialism. They don't even explain it. That's the thing that pisses me off the most. They're like, well, even on their promo, when they have that one of these guys, Willie Geist or whatever, he's annoying too. he's, He's, I don't know why they're so bugged out about socialism. What do they think socialism is? Socialist, social security, 
Socialist Medicare, all of these programs, the regulation. And guess what? The regulation on the insurance companies, pre-existing conditions, so they have to cover pre-existing conditions that all of a sudden the Republicans pretend to be champions of. That's socialism. When we get together and say, this is the way we want it to go. Nobody is telling anybody to create, um, you know, you all have to wear the same thing or drive the same kind of car. No, but we have regulations. And if we're, we're getting together in this democracy, in this government that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us, and we're coming up with standards and rules and the kind of society we want to cultivate. And you do that deliberately. And we all participate in it. It's not, there's nothing bad about that. When, when the Republicans attack government, that's what they're attacking. They're attacking America. They're attacking the, the government the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us. That's why thereby they hate America. They are not patriots. You're not a patriot if you attack this thing that we're doing, that all those, those Americans, those people who died to, to keep this thing going, the 500,000 Americans who died in the Civil War, they're all, they sacrifice their lives for this, for democracy. What else is it? What else, what the hell do they think America is? That's why I, I think when I, when I think about Republicans, they're, they're just confused by America. They don't love America. They're confused by it because we are a nation of immigrants. And we are a, suppose that we're democratically, well, we, um, Technically, we are a constitutionally limited democratic republic. That's fine. But th we uh, supposedly should be able to vote and get our representatives in there and not have people like Mitch McConnell gerrymandering and, and rigging and preventing our choices, uh, the functioning of a proper government. Because him and his wife want to grift and steal and suck on our on this thing, on the federal treasury, like a couple of goddamn parasites. They're, they're like ticks, these people. They, they, what the hell? They're supposed to be such, they're, these are the innovators. They're, these are the elite? Get the hell out of here. These people, they can't seem to make a buck unless they can rig the game in their favor. Who's the taker? Somebody like Mitch McConnell's wife? who is using her positions and, uh, and all of, they, they use their positions in government to rig everything in their favor, to siphon money while we're out here working, paying taxes, and, they, and they're, they're not contributing. These are the takers. They're the biggest takers going. Don't believe them. That's why they want the American working class or, and the dumbasses who vote for them to turn their anger on, the, on those who are at the border or trying to get in, you know, because they're fleeing violence. These people, they're not coming here because it's such a great country here. They're, they're just, it just so happens that our border is, uh, is closer and they can get here. They're fleeing violence. So, and I mean, there's something very wrong with, this, with the civilization that, closes its doors, not just closes its doors, but it, it, it the, the, uh, puts refugees in concentration camps and doesn't give them food, water, soap, 
anything clean. They're, they're sitting around. They, uh, I've read stories where it's been reported where they give refugees frozen dinners that are frozen without any means to cook them. I mean, these are, that's just vile, disgusting. No toothpaste, no soap. It makes me sick. You know what I mean? Because I would rather have, I'll trade any racist for a refugee any day of the week. Because, you know what I mean? What kind of a country would this be? Wouldn't it be a be- more beautiful country if we treated the, the refugees with humanity? And the reason why those, the father and daughter drowned in the Rio Grande out of desperation, because Trump and his monsters shut the border, they shut the bridge that, the, that, were, that people had to cross to present themselves for asylum. They're, that, they're, are, they're not coming here illegally. They have every legal right to present themselves for asylum so they can get a day in court. That's what it means to be an American. It's strong to follow your laws. And uh, uh, Trump is, he's a weak-ass little fascist wannabe dictator. He's weak. It is weak to not be, even with, 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 the, with the Republicans, they, they want to change the census, add a citizenship question on the census. The census is a constitutionally mandated thing that has to occur and it doesn't it, from the days of the founders who could have predicted that these filthy fascists i mean of course we we need to be more imaginative i suppose when we think about how low they will go but that they the constitution mandates that we count every person not every citizen you see we're counting people because they it's being realistic and so we have undocumented immigrants in this country. That's just the way it goes. And they are attacking immigrants at all costs and all corners, trying to make the dumbasses who follow them turn their anger on them, uh, rather than giving the undocumented immigrants a, a way out of the shadows and give them a day in court. Oh my God, it's they're weak. They lo- That's why Trump loves dictators. He likes he likes the uh, murderers of Khashoggi, the the journalist who was dismembered alive. He loves Kim Jong Un, who mur- who just murdered an American citizen, and um, it's if that isn't enough for Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic Party to do something about it, then what are we going to do about it? It's, I don't know, man, because the way I look at it, I, it's, it's almost, how many marches can we have? How many times can we get into the streets with signs? What's the next step? We have to shut this shit down somehow. I don't know. Maybe we need to storm the, the Capitol and sit there. I don't really know. It's, uh, we need to be unified, though. I guess the, indivis- the indivisible guides um, are really helpful, and the indivisible groups. But it's, uh, I, I don't think that, how many marches? I mean, it's great to have a march. 
but it's almost like they allow you to have a march to blow off your steam and go back uh, back to the routine the grind the same old same old so when bernie gets out there on the debate stage and he's ta- he's talking about the elites and the concentrated wealth that's he's 100% correct just like he's been correct all along and and then i get on msnbc and i watch msnbc and i see they they attack bernie nonstop in fact i want to talk about that too but i i'm looking at the time <clears throat> I need a drink. Hold on. We only have a couple of minutes, but I, but it really that the Democratic debate. I don't know. Honestly, obviously, I'm for Bernie, right? But I think Kamala Harris. It would be kind of cool to have Kamala Harris and Bernie. Maybe who knows? She was good, and the it was really kind of sad watching Joe Biden go up against her, and and bail out numerous times up oh, well I'm out of time like there the, where's the passion he doesn't he doesn't have the same um awareness it feels of really what's ailing us how can you fix what what's wrong with this country if you don't um honestly embrace our problems and to to talk about the republicans and say that they're Oh, they're going to, I can work with them. What, um, you know what? It's fine to work with people, but what are you working on? That's why when Kamala Harris went after him, that was good. Because she brought up the fact that the, when these white men uh, come to an agreement alone, behind closed doors, uh, in the halls of power, who, who is affected? Real people are affected by their getting along. Because there's, there's right and wrong. It's wrong what they, what they were doing. Uh, for the sake of racism? You know what I mean? So we'll get into it in, uh, when we come back some more. Because I'm going to take a little breaky-poo, as I always do at this time. It's uh, now... Whatever time it is, it's half, the show's half over. <laughs> I always say it's an hour after the hour, so we're going to take a little break. And my name is Tara Devlin. Please become a patron, like, all right? I can't beg anymore. Uh, just do it. You can also donate on the Super Chat at, and on Yahoo. I mean, Yahoo. What the hell, Yahoo? YouTube. And become, what else? You could do one-off kind of donations on PayPal through the RDT Daily website and buy some merch. That's another way. Become, what else? Review, a nice review. Okay. All right, guys. I will see you in eight minutes. We have Green News Report and Labor History in two. I'll see you on the other side.
do you think it's a threat? Man-made climate emergency is a threat. I, I think the answer to that is going to be based upon the science. Well, the science says yes. Vice President Mike Pence refuses to acknowledge his own administration, says climate change is a threat to national security. Every well is drying up, every reservoir, and now the death toll is at 126 because of the heat. Millions suffering from water shortages and heat waves in India. Trump USDA burying studies on the impacts of climate change on U.S. agriculture. Plus, General Electric scraps natural gas power plant 20 years early. Why? You'll find out. All of those mysteries and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. You know, the truth of the matter is with the advent of yeah. natural gas, with the natural gas explosion that's developing, with clean coal technology, we're seeing, we're seeing a significant reduction but in is, carbon emissions all across this country. But a, no we're not, and B, with the natural gas explosion that's developing... Really, Mike Pence? Those are the best words you got. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyne, you're really going to make me wait six minutes to hear <laughs> why General Electric is closing down that nat gas plant? Yes, I am. Damn it. But first, as we go to air, the first 2020 Democratic presidential primary debates are about to launch in Miami, Florida, and we'll be watching to see if climate change is a big topic. And it better be, since the Democratic National Committee refused to hold a debate specifically focused on climate change. And as if right on cue, on Monday, Miami broke a new daily heat record and a large wildfire erupted in the Florida Everglades, which officials say will continue to burn amid the scorching heat until some rain arrives. Oh, well, that's great. Good thing the Democrats are not having a debate on our climate emergency. Why would they possibly want to do that? In India, the city of Chennai, home to nearly six million people, has become the first major Indian city to face acute water shortages. Water levels in all of the city's reservoirs have fallen to their lowest levels in 70 years due to weak monsoon rains, a prolonged severe heat wave, and lack of water infrastructure. Scientists say India has seen a drop in overall average rainfall since 1970, and its groundwater is being rapidly depleted. Without improved water management, 21 Indian cities are projected to run out of groundwater within the next few years, and 40% of India could run out of groundwater by 2030. Well, that's not going to cause a problem at all for the entire world. Europe is grappling with an extended extreme heat wave predicted to be so severe that officials are taking emergency measures to protect vulnerable populations like the elderly and the poor, particularly in old world cities where few buildings have air conditioning. What climate change? The annual Arctic spring thaw has begun with a vengeance. Arctic scientists say soaring temperatures 40 degrees above normal have triggered the earliest melt of the surface of the Greenland ice sheet ever recorded in the month of June. Our Arctic sea ice has also reached a record early low for the month of June. But here in the U.S., Politico reports that the Trump Department of Agriculture is burying dozens of federally funded scientific studies that inform American farmers about the effects of man-made climate change, which is already altering the U.S. agriculture economy and our ability to grow staple food crops. Well, it's best they keep that stuff a secret. The U.S. just experienced its wettest 12 months on record.
record, and farmers in the Midwest are struggling to get their corn and soy crops in the ground on time. Pretending climate change doesn't exist does not make it go away. Says you. But Trump's vice president, Mike Pence, in an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper, refused to even say if he agrees with U.S. scientists and the U.S. military that climate change is a threat to national security. And instead, he lied about the impacts of rolling back pollution regulations. So you don't think it's a threat, is all I'm saying. You don't think it's a threat. I think we're making great progress reducing carbon emissions. America Mm -hmm. has the cleanest air and water in the world We'll continue to use market forces. We don't have the cleanest air and water in the world. Uh, We don't. According to me, you you get back to me with some statistics. We're we're making progress on reducing carbon emissions. (laughs) I love the fact that. Jake Tapper is just openly laughing at the vice president. Yeah, and of course, what Pence said is just not true. Since the start of the Trump administration, both U.S. carbon emissions and toxic air pollution are on the rise. And finally... Is this that GE story? Yes, it is. Finally. General Electric has announced it will close and demolish a 10-year-old natural gas-fired power plant in California that still has 20 years remaining in its useful life because the plant is, quote, uneconomical due to market competition from cheaper, cleaner solar and wind energy. Really? Really. Perhaps GE ought to talk to Vice President Mike Pence about that developing natural gas explosion he was referencing. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. And another one gone, and another one gone, another one buys the dust. Hey, hey, gonna get you too, another one buys the dust. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1928. That was the day the state of Alabama outlawed the convict lease system that had been in practice for decades. Slave masters throughout the South had routinely loaned out enslaved people before slavery was finally abolished. The convict lease system continued this practice as the South worked to rebuild in a rush of rapid industrial growth after the Civil War. African Americans found themselves increasingly subject to sweeps by local and state authorities that coincided with harvest time or when labor agents arrived looking to man the coal mines. Many were convicted on trumped-up charges and shipped off to prison. Once there, they were leased to private industries and dispatched mostly to coal mines near Birmingham. By 1890, the state profited $164,000 a year. By 1912, prison mining brought in over a million dollars in state revenues. In the PBS documentary, Slavery by Another Name, Douglas Blackman and other scholars note that prisoners could be driven in a way that earlier enslaved workers and free labor could not. Convict labor served to depress wages, curtail union activity, organizing, and strikes. These workers could also be worked practically to death and easily replaced. Progressive reformers, socialist party leaders, and United Mine Workers District 20 would wage an unrelenting war against the convict lease system for years. Even the 1911 Banner Mine explosion that killed 123 African American prisoners couldn't outlaw the practice. 
Finally, newly elected Governor Bib Graves yielded to the public outcry that condemned the practice as a relic of barbarism. He also ceded to workers' demands for jobs. Graves subsequently put prisoners to work on chain gangs building roads throughout the state, making Alabama the last state to abolish the convict lease system. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for hanging out and sticking around. My name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday on Progressive Voices at 6 p.m. Eastern or any time on the Progressive Voices app and GDPR Revolution 99, which is another liberal radio station you should check out. Um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all that other stuff. Um, give the show a review, please, on iTunes. That helps us grow. And if you know anybody that wants to listen to liberal shows, or even if they don't, uh, sp spread it around. That's all I can say. You can help us grow that way. We need support. And also, become a patron. That's another thing I keep asking. Please become a patron. It's important. Uh, if you're not just... In, you're not just Supporting this show, you're supporting the work that we do at RDT Daily, where we and you're helping us grow. You're helping us keep in the fight and restore democracy. Not even restore it. How about re how about build it? How about actualize the dreams of our founding documents? And you're, I, I, it's the truth. We need this. We need freedom of speech, and. We, this is the corporate media, my friends. You're looking at it. It ain't NBC. I'm sorry. They're owned by Comcast. Enough said. So you're not going to hear anything about net neutrality. You're, and you're especially, here's the thing. Okay, let me get into it. Oh, yeah. Please go to the Minds event. I told you about that. Go to my Twitter page at twitter.com slash Devlin, and you'll see the link to this event it's on august 31st and it should be great so and fun and we can hang out you can say hey i know you i'm uh so and so from the chat room and i'd love to meet you in person so come and hang out and get, and you can have my back if i get arrested <laughs> maybe you can come bail me out i bailed mike malloy out when he was arrested at the at one of our protests we went to so and so did Bob Kincaid. We bailed them out together. That's how that was uh, our first meeting. Actually, we bailed out Mike because he was he got arrested at the at a protest for against the against the Iraq War. The when it started, right back. I think it was only happening for about five years at the time, something like that. It was like the anniversary, and Mike went on uh, the the White, the White House fence. And he was one of the one of the people that got arrested. It was on purpose. We, it was part of an act of civil disobedience. So, when you think about that, that that's what's going to have to happen now. It's when you think about okay. So this month is Gay Pride Month, and why don't we have a Straight Pride Month? Well, it's because every other month is Straight Pride, but 
that's besides the point. You can all, even straight people can go to gay pride. Uh, it's all, it's really about celebrating the human condition, the human love uh, that has all kinds, it comes in all shapes and sizes. So that's what it makes being alive so interesting. Unlike with the Republicans who they're very, I, I often feel like kind of bad for them because it's sort of like Dorothy in Kansas as opposed to in Oz where they're, there's all kinds of color and life and interesting people, and they're just living in this whatever, in, uh, in a Trump rally, listening to enemies of freedom. You know what I mean? Like, not, it's not really that entertaining. That, so, or interesting. Everybody's the same. Don't you can't and like I said, that's very ironic how they're all about the rugged individual. They're not they're just try being a rugged individual. So one of the uh one of the the sparks of the gay rights movement was the riot in at the Stonewall in New York City. The cops were in in a habit of constantly harassing gay people and arresting them. And they would go into bars and raid gay bars and put put people in jail. I mean, it's so ridiculous when you think about it. So because guys to, uh, wanted to, uh, I don't know, hug. <laughs> it's it makes no sense. Girls kissing, whatever. Who? I, what's so? What the hell? Right. So um, they. But the, at that time, the the gay community had had enough and they fought back and the Stonewall riots or uh, the, the impetus of the gay rights movement. It was enough is enough. And so that's an act of civil disobedience. They didn't say, please, thank you. May we have our civil rights. They fought. They put their asses on the line and many of them went to jail for it. When you're fighting an unjust system, sometimes you just can't ask nicely. So th- uh, that's what we're celebrating. And when you go back to the American Revolution, we think about the Boston Tea Party. What was that? That was a million-dollar act of, vi- of uh, vandalism against a transnational corporation. They threw the tea of the, the East India Company in the water, to protest the the it was government uh, complicity in uh, in writing laws that that basically priced local tea shops out of the market, sort of like the Walmart of today. So then the so the Parliament wrote laws that said that you have to accept this tea from our company that we're making profit off of. And you can't use your and the locals will we're going to tax them to the to so they're going to be non-competitive and they're we're going to end up pricing them out of the market. That's why they threw the tea in the water. They didn't say, "Oh, please." Uh, I mean, maybe they said "please" at the beginning, but it, at some point, people have enough. You have to demand your rights. You have to f- put your ass on the line. And I think that maybe we're there. We're there to uh, make people. And the other thing is, okay, I'm not saying, I don't know what I'm saying as far as, I, 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 tro- I totally believe that we have a duty, a patriotic duty to 
to uh, publicly shame these fascists. So uh, recently, I think last week or whatever, somebody spit at uh, Eric Trump. I'm not telling people to spit at people, but I don't see anything wrong with making him uncomfortable and saying, yeah, you know what, we, I don't really like you. You're, uh, you're a douchebag or whatever it is. Uh, I don't, uh, I, we have to confront these people. That there is something to be said for public shaming. It's not okay. They, they get to go after, after espousing and inflicting these horrible policies that are getting people murdered at the border, that are killing people, these inhumane policies that uh, we can go on. The, that are separating children from their, from their parents, causing great harm and damage, psychological damage that's going to last generations from, every, from everything. Stealing, uh, stealing Supreme Court seats and lying to the press, becoming a, uh, calling the press the enemy of the people, that kind of stuff. What the, so, okay, um, let's just get along now? You spent all day defending policies that are outright fascist and inhumane and now we're going to all just chow down in this diner together let's just all get along we can all work together no you where that's wrong you, there is something to be said for public shaming maybe they need to be uncomfortable they need wherever they go when they go to their spin class or they go to the the, the Dwayne Reed or whatever the hell. They need to be confronted with their actions. I thought this was the party of personal responsibility. So somebody spit on Eric Trump Jr. Uh, and he's all like, oh, that just shows that we're winning. What are you winning? That's real winning. When I saw that photo of that father and that little girl with her arm around his neck, dead in the water, face down, I thought, winning. That's disgusting. And if I'm sorry if Eric Trump got spit on. Uh, oh, well, I think he'll be okay. This is a tax-dodging grifter in a family of con men that are destroying this country and taking the uh, uh, kissing, kicking down on the vulnerable, kissing up not only to the, the uh, well-established and connected, but to the most horrible dictators on the planet, uh, they need to be held accountable wherever they go. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't think that they, they should be welcomed with open arms and invited to politely engage in society because they are, they're attacking society. They are dismantling everything good and decent. And they're killing people on top of it. They, and they're, they're vile. These are vile beings, liars, grifters. And the other thing that irritated me is the, they took Sarah Sanders out for drinks? Who the hell would do that? Take out, or why don't you take out Go Goebbels or, uh, you know, Heydrich for a drink? These people are disgusting. They, they, that woman lied to your face whenever she had the goddamn spine to get up in front of you, which is rare. They just denigrated the entire institution of whatever the, it means to be in the White House press corps. And they and this idiot is taking them out. I'm trying to find the article. Who's I'm trying to find her name. 
because just somebody from Politico, this woman from Politico was instrumental. She took her out uh, out for drinks. Not a, not just her, a bunch of them. Where is it? God damn you! I hate this. It's just unbelievable that they that's okay. Uh, any and uh, now anybody who is a journalist, wh- what the hell are you doing? That's not okay. That's that's complicity. It's oh, let's all uh, get along now. She just lied to us and denigrated the entire m- meaning of of having a press corps. And, oh, let's have a drink with her? Let the door hit her in the ass. She's disgusting. She should be shamed. It's not, uh, let's pal around. I understand sites like Stormfront taking her out for a drink. Or World Net Daily, Daily, or whatever. Who the hell is it? I'm trying to, where is this lady? She took... Oh, whatever. I can't find... If somebody can send it to me. She's from Political. This woman who took Sarah Sanders out for a drink. Not. It was not just her, though. I'm trying to find the list of these journalists. So-called journalists. It needs... To, everybody needs to know that. Whoever uh, it, it, uh, participated in this event, uh, needs. they need to be publicly shamed. Sarah Sanders. I'm just looking it up. Drink. Because I had it all prepared, but now I I lost it. Oh, yeah, here it is. Anita Kumar. She's the one, one of them, that went, planned this party for Sarah Sanders. She's, I guess she just likes to be figuratively spit on every day. And she, she likes when Trump and his fascist crime family wipe their ass with with the Constitution every day and make a mockery of what it means to live in a free country. So let's take her out for drinks. Can't we all just get along? It's, it's got to be civil. That's the other thing. We're not... How could you be civil to, to people that are, that are squeezing the life out of the body politic? It's not... This isn't just about um, a, a polite debate the, uh, we are up against the ropes here and the way that they have absolutely no respect for the institutions of democracy it should not be coddled and enabled and should not be welcomed or or kissed goodbye when they go on to their next role destroying government dismantling democracy and disgracing this country and the people in it all over the world the they are a uh, they they need to be contained and they need to be met the mirror you know the world is your mirror right they need to be met the mirror that meets them every day needs to be one of scorn until they get their act together if ever they they need whenever they go out if they want to be in civil society they, we need to, as a community, say, get the F out. Go home and think about what you did. No, I don't want to cook you a hamburger or uh, serve you a drink. 
You're disgusting. Get get those children at the border reunited with their family. Stop vilifying them. Stop uh, lying to us, to this country. Uh, stop. Why don't you just report directly to prison, frankly? Because there's no hope for redemption. For allowing your dictator, con, your dictator, envying con man father to wipe his ass with anything decent about this country, to embarrass us all over the globe. No, I'm sorry. Sorry, Eric. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. That's not the choice I would make. But if somebody spit on me, I mean, well, if a right, if a right winger spit on me, I would know why, because they're morons, you know. And I'm, a, I'm not a racist like them. They don't like that. But I'm really just trying to educate them and give them a little bit of knowledge. But the fact is they have other plans. You know what I mean? It's really sad. And they, the, we need to own the fact that we are the patriots. Normal people, liberals, progressives, people capable of functioning in a free society, of a, of a diverse population. We are the patriots, the ones who understand that it, when somebody walks a thousand miles to, through a desert to, attain, to obtain freedom, that we, by luck of the draw, were born into a country, that we don't, we're not living under those conditions of, of violence and oppression. So we should open that door for them and give them a chance and say, you know what? Come in. What kind of a person would that be? That is a person that would be grateful and a contributing member of the society. We want people in this country that want to be here. If somebody picks themselves up and goes through that kind of a journey to come here, that's the kind of person I want here. That's a person that has integrity, that has grit, that is somebody that uh, will be appreciative of the country, that will love this country more than these right-wingers. They hate this country. They literally hate it. They hate everything about it. They hate that we are a nation of immigrants. They hate that we are a so-called representative democracy. They hate that because they, that's, how do we know we hate it? Be they hate it because they are rigging the system. They hate democracy. They can't, they don't want to make the effort to just meet us squarely on the field of ideas and say, oh, I got this idea, I got that idea, let's put it up in front of the people and have a vote. No, let's rig the vote because our ideas don't benefit the people and we want everybody divided and we want them hateful. What kind of a, like, what kind of a malpractice is that? It's just so, and it's so horrible. That, you're, that they're doing that to their people, that they're, they're stirring up hate in the hearts of those that they pretend to represent, all so they can keep their power. And all the while, they don't care who, who dies in the Rio Grande. Let them all die as far as they're concerned. What do they care, right? And, then, and it's not even about, oh, well, oh, charity begins at home. We got enough here. There's enough for everyone's need, but not for everyone's greed, as Gandhi said, right? But there's enough here, but the fact is they've been told, oh, there's not enough because it's all being funneled to the top. When they give billionaires more money out of our pockets, when they funnel more up to the top, there's never, oh, who's going to pay for it? Who's going to pay for it? You know, that's why these right-wingers say, oh, look at that brown person. They want to come here. 
You better stop them. They're going to come. They're MF5, whatever the hell, 13. It's so pathetic, riling it up. And meanwhile, these are just desperate human beings who want a shot. They need a chance. What is the, what does it say on the Statue of Liberty? Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to be free. These monsters, these Republicans, what do they know about freedom? They don't want you to be free. You're not even free in your own mind for them. They want you to be tormented, thinking some MS-13 sucker is going to come through your door. Bullshit. We can't even confront our problems straight on because they're too busy stirring up bullshit about things and uh, that, you know what, they're not, it, we, we can address these problems, but they're, they're turning them into, it's like uh, they're making chaos everywhere. First of all, that everything that's going on on the border is because Trump and the Republicans are creating it. The, that family, that father and daughter died because of Trump. They closed the border. They closed the, the avenue, the, the safe bridge that they could walk across to say, I want my day in court. I'm here to seek asylum. We created those laws to save other people from going through the horrors of the Holocaust. But what do you want? I mean, the, the Republicans are, they're all, they're very cool. They're, they're, not, they're more than okay with a standard bearer who praises Nazis. So what am I talking about? that they, uh, they could ever come to their senses. The fact is, they won't. So that's why we have to come to our senses and make sure that they don't have power. We can't let them get away with it. And the Democrats, if you're not on board the Democratic Party, right, if the, Demo- the DLC Democrats are, continue to live in denial about what is really going on, they have to go. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't think that Joe Biden will win. That's why I'm against him. If I thought he would win, I'd be, all, I'd be cheering. Yay. Wonderful. It's not about I just love Bernie. No, I love Bernie. I love his policies. And I think that we should all be grateful to Bernie for giving the Democratic Party a chance. If it wasn't for his policies, nobody would even, uh, who would be talking about universal health care? Universal higher education. These are things that, and $15 minimum wage. Remember, that was so pie in the sky. Oh, let's do something that's obtainable. You can't have $15 minimum wage. We got to funnel more money into the pockets of people who will never spend it in 50,000 lifetimes. <sighs> it's so annoying. So, um, I want, so considering I'm on this topic now, let me talk about the debates, uh, which I want to talk about some things that irritate me about the current Democratic Party. And I'm saying it not to make a circular firing squad, but in the hopes that we're going to get it and understand that what, is, what does it mean to be a real Democrat? And this is how you win. Because we are on the right side of history, we're, and we are the patriots. The way that you win. And I've been saying it. We, talk, we say it here every time that we end the show. We stick together. We win. That's how we will win. It is, what is e pluribus unum? Out of many, one. We leave no one behind. That's what it means to be a patriot. So everybody in, nobody out is the American way. And that's how the Democrats need to, to run, I believe. And that's what 
the the what uh, I saw during the debate annoyed me. <laughs> Some of it annoyed me. Um, but Buttigieg, let me just play his clip because he was talking about, oh, you're not for free college. He's not. This is. Let, let me just play the clip and then I'll explain. Many of your colleagues on stage support free college. You do not. Why not? Sure. So college affordability is personal for us. Chastin and I have six-figure student debt. I believe in reducing student debt. It's logical to me that if you can refinance your house, you ought to be able to refinance your student debt. I also believe in free college for low- and middle-income students for whom cost could be a barrier. I just don't believe it makes sense to ask working class families to subsidize even the children of billionaires. I think the children of the wealthiest Americans can pay at least a little bit of tuition. And while I want tuition costs to go down, wrong. I don't think we can buy down every last penny for them. Now, there's something else that doesn't get talked about in the college affordability debate. Yes, it needs to be more affordable in this country to go to college. It also needs to be more affordable in this country to not go to college. You should be able to live well, afford rent, be generous to your church and Little League, whether you went to college or not. That's one of many reasons we need to raise the minimum wage to at least $15 an hour. Okay, so there he goes at the end saying we need to raise the minimum wage to at least $15 an hour. Thank you, Bernie, again. Remember how that was just so... Uh, I just want to do something that is obtainable. I don't want to overpromise. That's too pie in the sky. Remember that? Uh, that's that only two years ago. We kept hearing how that was so pie in the sky. I am a realist. I'm a pragmatic person. Let's be pragmatic here. Now we have fifteen dollars an hour all over, and that's become. We have it in New York. I don't know how many other states, a lot of states, but that's become pretty much a standard democratic refrain. And when he's talking about paying for college for billionaires, I mean, just there he lost me, saying that I don't believe we should pay for college for billionaires. Uh, I believe that the it's bullshit, okay? It is, that is, he sounded like a Republican to me because... This is how they get us. They, now, they keep talking about they, and I'm talking about the elites, the, the pundits, the, the people who have the corporate media microphones, keep talking about how uh, we're such a divided country. And, well, that's why. That's one of the reasons. We, there are many reasons. One of the reasons is because we have a corporate media and the, you know, the Telecommunications Act of 1996 and Bill Clinton creating a... Uh, a media uh, where the, of concentrated media. Now we have media silos where right wingers go here and they go to f- their propaganda channel, and everyone uh, is, uh, uh, you know, normal people go other other places to normal, play, you know, like the New York Times or whatever. But uh, that's why you can have an autocrat come in and start devaluing the currency of truth, which that's what Trump is doing. Um, and thereby dismantling one of the pillows of democracy. But the fact is, one of the reasons why we are a divided country is because of all this bullshit about means testing. First of all, we are the most unequal country on the, uh, in the whole uh, Western uh, developments, or whatever you, developed nations, right? 
and we are the least upwardly mobile. So we are in a crisis here. But the fact is, it's it's not um, uh, democratic. So FDR is he was a genius for the fa- mere fact that he they created social security to belong to everyone. Everybody in, nobody out. And they did that deliberately. So, as FDR said, no damn politician can scrap my program. It has to belong to everyone. So you have a system that means tests people. That's how you vilify and, and dismantle it. And you ha- So you'll have those, let's say, okay, everybody under $100,000 gets to go to community college for free, right, uh, well, on, the, on the taxpayer dime. But so you're somebody who's making a hundred and five thousand, hundred and six thousand, whatever it is, a family. That that person is now fostering a resentment against the people who are lower on the ladder, and therefore, the, in steps the autocrat, in steps the con man, to cultivate their and tickle their racist funny bones and to say, you know what, your problem is the because of them, those people, the poor people, the brown people, the, the other, the ones who are a few rungs lower on the ladder, they're the ones who are your problem. And that's how they get us. So when Pete Buttigieg goes off and starts saying how, I don't believe, we, it sounds very, it sounds logical, right? We shouldn't pay for rich people, but that's the exact same argument they make against Social Security, that, that right-wingers go off on Social Security. Why should somebody like Bill Gates get a Social Security check? Well, because that's how we set up the system. It's true. I'm sure it doesn't matter to him in the least. But it's, why are we so concerned about that? Whatever he gets, it, or I don't know if he's getting Social Security now. I don't know how old he is. I'm just saying as an example. But that's the, the case is everybody in this country has a stake in Social Security. It belongs to all of us. And that's why it is important that we make, it, we, it, we make sure it remains that way. That it, and that's why when Hillary, her, her plan for college was uh, um, sort of the same. All those under the, the, a certain amount of money get to go to college. That's the, it's the, they foster us into camps and they, they, they foster resentment amongst we the people, these, uh, the, we the working people, because we have more in common. All of us have more in common with each other, whether you're making 30000 40000 50000 whatever, 100000 uh, or a little bit more than that, than we have with anyone in the uh, upper elite the, that, who are funding and running f- people <laughs> like Trump's campaign or the Republican Party, these big donors that also fund a lot of the DLC Democrats, including Joe Biden. So that one of the ways that we go, we will overcome that kind of division is by creating a society that works for all. And we're not going to do it by means testing. We won't. In fact, that's the absolute wrong way to go. And the, the, the Democrats... I believe, should explain that. It's very easy to explain. Social Security belongs to everyone. Everyone in, nobody out. That is the only American value. That's the patriotic value. That's how you present it. And in fact, they've, 
done studies on right wingers and on left wingers on on uh, me you know what do you call it marketing studies how um, what what appeals to if you're selling something right so you you have to approach the right winger one way and the normal person another way so you with the right wingers they they approach them with with language that speaks about um, making everything uh what do you call it like pay restore not pay um con conserving things or because they the 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 thing that i read about was that they were approaching right wingers and normal people um trying to get them to sign on to some kind of climate change accord or whatever say and they were they were testing different uh ways of approaching each group and with the right-wingers, they got more of the right-wingers to sign on or to approve of what they were trying to, to uh, explain to them by explaining it in, putting it in the light of being a patriot, preserving the America the beautiful, or making uh, it, making sure that things remain the same. So nothing can be changed where you would go uh, and, let's say, over forest something and destroy the environment that way and you're they had to f they had to frame it in patriot in patriotic terms and it's so easy to do that i believe when it comes to selling things like college for everyone and uh medicare for all you do it by saying this that's a patriotic value. We don't leave people behind. We don't leave anybody on the battlefield, and we don't leave anybody uh, behind in ignorance. We're in this together. That's e pluribus unum. There's nothing more patriotic than our our founding motto that our founders gave to us. E pluribus unum. You know what I mean? That's what what did they pledge to each other? Their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. That sounds like not leaving anyone behind, right? So that's how, you, you know, we should approach it, and, and including Medicare for all. So the other thing that really irritated me about the, about the Democratic debate, of course, there, and also the, um, the corporate media response. So, I was, of, of course, I was watching MSNBC because I can't ever stomach, I could never stomach Fox News, of course, but... They are so anti-Bernie, it is beyond belief. And there's absolutely, whatever you feel about Bernie, whatever, but you do, you should have a little respect for the, for the fact that he really is instrumental in shaping the, the future of the party and the policies, the, and promoting and sticking with the policies that will create a more perfect union. And one of the critiques I kept hearing was that, oh, he keeps saying the same thing. What, well, how many times can you say, um, you know, it, uh, that we are living in a kiss-up, kick-down oligarchy with concentrated wealth? That's the problem. Why should you come up with a different angle? The fact is, the truth is the truth. And Bernie's been saying the same thing for 30 years or more. And that's the truth. It just happens to be what the problem is. The problem is we have a system that's not working for all because of concentrated wealth. And the, the rich are, have entirely too much money, and money in politics is the root of all evil. And because they have so much mad money, 
that they, they use it to corrupt government, to buy politicians, and to ensure that it remains corrupted in their favor. That's the problem. There's no, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel the, when, the, when you, the, the problem is staring us right in the face. This, I mean, that's why I find it so, it's so disingenuous for any, anyone really to attack that. We, when, and I find that when I watch MSNBC, they're all, they're, the resentment against Bernie is palpable. It's ridiculous. And I will, let me just play this woman, Jennifer Rubin, after the debate. I, I, this really pissed me off. Is do you seem like you're in the contemporary world? And standing up there, he seemed like a socialist from the 1950s yelling at people um, in the same um, oh screechy God. voice without smiling, voice. without any kind of personal. Okay, imagine if they said that about Hillary. They they she they would get so offended when they when right wingers would attack Hillary's voice as being shrill or something in his screechy voice. Like screaming about socialism. Action. And I think he kind of got lost in the shuffle. Other people have kind of taken those issues away from him. And he looked like the angry man in the center of the stage saying, Get off my lawn. And I don't think that's a good look for the Democratic Party, particularly when they have this opportunity to go up against an adult president um, who is, um, I think, degenerating. So I guess she's calling him adult. Our eyes. So I think um, if there was a loser who actually potentially a has loser. more problems in the long run uh, than Joe. Oh my God. issue is do you seem like you're in the there. contemporary world and standing up there he seemed like a socialist from the 1950s yelling at people um in the same um screechy voice without smiling without any kind of personal connection and i think he kind of got lost in the shuffle other people have kind of taken those issues away from him and he looked like the angry man in the center of the stage saying get off my lawn all right and enough I of her i'm sorry I, I didn't mean to play that again but i hit something but now let's compare that to how they approached Biden the next day when, after Kamala Harris wiped the floor with him, with the truth, of course, which is so ridiculous. How, how, how confronting somebody on their policies that they promoted, how that's somehow uh, hitting a low blow. But this is, listen to how, they, how the MSNBC panel approached Biden. I, I know uh, Vice President Biden, and I have to say, of the politicians that I've met and that we've spent time with, uh, most of it was around immigration, he is genuinely curious to solve problems. He actually <laughs> has this aptitude of what are the best ways, and he actually gets under policy, and he's thoughtful, and he's curious, and he wants to solve issues. And so the Biden that we saw on Thursday night was not the Biden that I've had the, uh, the ability to, to get to meet. The one that's demonstrated on national stage, the fire that he brings. And I think part of it is that he and Kamala actually have quite a close relationship. So I think he was mm -hmm. a little side, you know, he was oh, blindsided poor by thing. how she was able to attack him in a graceful way. I mean, she wasn't angry. She was she was steady. She was, and I think that it was the personal relationship that he was surprised Oh, he by was hurt. Biden yeah. is the consummate politician. He he does believe deeply in relationships, and that was what he was trying to highlight. With <laughs> I know the volume's really low. Okay, I'll stop it. I mean, listen to that, the, the difference between what they think about Bernie and what they think about Biden. But what I keep thinking when I watch MSNBC and they're constantly going off on Bernie 
it's because that's what we need. Not, and I'm not saying Bernie, right? We need those policies. That is, th- this is not a drill. This is not, uh, it's, we're not going to get there incrementally. We are in a crisis. This, this house is burning down. The American people, the, the working class, are the working poor. We are drowning. We're so, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think of the, uh, what metaphors. What can I? It's the, we don't have time for incremental change, and we need uh, relief. We need active, actual policies to confront the income, in, in, uh, the income inequality, the uh, upward immobility, we need to level the playing field here and tax the rich and go after the corporations that are riding us mercilessly to the bank. The other thing is the, when they, they're, the whole thing about insurance. Now, this is what pisses me off, too, and, and I wish the Democrats would listen to me who, who go off on uh, Bernie. and he, This whole, he wants to outlaw private insurance as if now all of a sudden... Now, of, uh, let me just preface this by saying that the um, that it's it's. I'm glad to hear that most of the of the Democratic um, candidates or the potential, you know, the contenders are they have some form of Medicare for all. They're all talking about Medicare for all now. Bernie's plan is a legitimate plan and he and how are you going to pay for it how are you going to pay for it this is what they keep asking him he how many times do you have to repeat we pay for it on a tax on wall street a transaction tax on wall street it's about time they bailed bailed out the american people but he it doesn't matter they keep any time they bring it up how are you going to pay for it how are you going to pay i mean it's just they that's why the corporate media is bullshit and that's why I ask you to support shows like this, like Bob Kincaid, like Mike Malloy, because this is the liberal media. All you're going to get is that kind of shit on the on on the on the corporate media because they they have they have a vested interest in keeping everything the same. They are not for the people. They're not informing us. They're dividing us into camps. It's all about ratings. They're not. It's really. They're not doing us any favors. And so when um, one thing that really uh, they were talking about how the oh, uh, Bernie wants to abolish private insurance. If you like your insurance, you can keep it. If you like like who the hell likes insurance? That's the other thing. The Democratic Party needs to get with the program. We people don't like their private insurance. They like getting health care. It's that's what they like. They they, uh, catch me or them or anyone when they get the bill and they find out that when they went to the emergency room, that doctor that saw them for five minutes wasn't in their network or that there's a deductible or exclusion or, you know, name it. The, the premiums and the co-pays, all this bullshit that every other country doesn't deal with. They don't deal with that copay, uh, who's in network. Get the hell out of here. That's the other thing, how the, they're always talking about how, uh, you know, everybody likes their private insurance. You want to keep your doctor. The, the, you, even with private insurance, especially with private insurance, you don't have a choice of doctors. I just went to a doctor. I went to my gynecologist and found out when I was there. Oh, she no longer takes my insurance. So 
SOL, baby. Doesn't matter if I've seen her for years. That you're you're shit out of luck. My voice is running out. But this is what happens because I'm screaming, <clears throat> and I've been like fighting a cold too. So, but that's let let's not glorify this insurance racket because that's what it is. The reason we're in this boat where we have the worst, the measurably worst healthcare in the entire industrialized world, measurably worse from the the United States healthcare, the racket that the insurance racket ranks last or dead last in all positive measures, uh, healthy lives, outcomes, <clears throat> anything that makes uh, something valuable, they rank la- the health insurance racket. And we pay twice as much, and we get less, and people are still left out. Millions and millions. Uh, others die needlessly, and millions go bankrupt for a medical emergency. Like, who needs to deal with this? And Bernie's plan not only covers medical care, it covers eyeglasses, ears, uh, hearing aids, uh, dental work, as if, you know, the insurance company doesn't want to cover that. You got to get insurance for your eyes, your teeth, your ears, whatever, you know, they, because you're not a human being or something, you're not, it's not all connected. You know, we all have teeth and eyes too. I never understood that, but that's because they will find any way not to, not to pay. They, they don't, they don't get rich paying claims. They're not health insurance. It's sick care. That's all it is. So after the debate, um, Ben, what's his name? One of these, these Democratic candidates, what's his first name? Bennett? I don't even know. This is how, how um, low on the totem pole he is. Um, what's his first name? Bennett? <clears throat> Michael Bennett, that's right. Uh, he was on Chris Matthews. Now, Chris Matthews all day was having uh, a conniption about Bernie supposedly outlawing private insurance. The fact is, when you have a Medicare for All system that covers anything, it's not, it's, you, you don't need private insurance. Everybody's in, nobody's out. So why the, the Democrats are protecting this private insurance racket without explaining? Because they could, that's what they could do. That's part of the problem. These, the, the right way, the corporate media does not explain what, what's going on. Even they just throw things out. Like, as for example, when I was saying earlier, what's his name? Willie Guys on the promo for MSNBC. What are you going to say about, your, about the Democrats? The Democratic Party moving to socialism. But with that, they never explain anything about socialism. What are you talking about? What's socialist? Is it the Medicare? Is it the, is it, uh, the socialist social security that everybody loves? But that's what I mean. They just throw things out without doing the job of the fourth estate. So Bennett goes on Chris Matthews, and Matthews is like, I can't believe it. Bernie wants to outlaw uh, private insurance. Isn't that anti? Isn't that unconstitutional? And blah, blah, blah. anyway, here's uh, here's the interview. True of Bernie is that tonight he told the truth about his plan, which I appreciate, which is that it makes insurance, private insurance, illegal except for cosmetic insurance. That is not something we can sell in the state of Colorado. That is not something that we can sell in air. That's because you're not trying to sell it because you're you're a bought and paid for shill. Who's not really helping? How are you helping the people of your state if you're 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 peddling 
a, uh, a, a racket to them that got us into this problem to begin with. If they were, if the private insurance was functioning, we wouldn't need it. And other countries all over the world would be like, hey, we don't want our universal health care. We want what the Americans have. No, they're like, get the hell out of here. Arizona or North Carolina. We need to beat Donald Trump. We need a presidential candidate who can speak to the rest of the country. And if we're going to dislodge Mitch McConnell as well, we need to elect Senate candidates that can do this. In a free country, how can you say you can't sell health insurance? I don't understand what well, he's talking about. Why would you? I mean, why would it be? Oh it's not custom. The vapors. You can't say, well, you can't sell soap. You can't sell cars. But you yeah, you can't sell poison either. You can't sell. Uh, you can't sell ice cream uh, uh, as shoe shine and vice versa. You can't sell a lot of things. You can't sell a car without seat belts. You can't sell, I mean, in a free country, why couldn't you? Why can't you sell a car without wheels and call it a car? I mean, this is, that's, that's such a, a uh, bullshit argument. In a free country, how can you sell, you can tell people they can't sell health insurance very easily. Because guess what? If you can't go to the doctor when you're sick, you're not free. And if you have a, con a, a, a whole con a company, a whole institution that is nothing but a racket, that is failed, that is measurably worse, that has failed us all for generations, that has killed how many Americans? Now, the studies are that, I'm just going to put this on now, that they... Um, the, the studies that they've done on this, 35,000 Americans needlessly die every year for lack of care. Needlessly. These are people that could have gotten better. Now, I think about those people. That's a, that's a life. You remember how the party of life or whatever? We all, we're all about people, right? Uh, where the Democrats are running on for the people. But it's, uh, you know, how do you defend the indefensible, and keep people entrenched. Now, I think about the, uh, the, all the Americans who needlessly died for lack of care. That's somebody's father, mother, daughter, brother, sister, whatever, you know, cousin, aunt, all the tears, all the frustrations, all of the, the, the songs that were never sung or written or the, the, the long walks on the beach or the whatever. The hugs, the holding of the hand, the the uh, just the the night out, this the the things that make life wi living. None of those. They all of those people th that uh, that died were uh, you know had ha is a ripple effect. Ha what did we lose when we lost those people? The wealth of our nation. You know what I mean? So that's what they're defending. So, yes, you can sell. You, could, you can tell companies that they can't sell something. You can tell them, you can tell them, no, this is not a market. Healthcare is not a market because you're over a barrel. You're not, you know, if somebody's like, your money or your life, you're not, I mean, when you, like I, was, I always say, when I was in the hospital, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I was in the hospital for six days. You know, you're coming and people are coming and going, you don't know who the hell is coming and talking to you, and then you're getting a bill. So give me a break here. We, why can't we fight for the policies that work? Don't tell me you can't sell that. 
to your people? That's because you're, you got to educate your people then. Your people are rather dumb. What, what has Bernie been doing? He's been saying the truth. He's been telling the truth to his people, and they vote for him all the time. That's why Bernie is the most trusted politician in the country. Even the Republicans say, well, Bernie is a truth teller. Bernie tells the truth. That is the truth. We don't need an insurance racket. Let them go sell something else. Let them sell whatever. You know, they, uh, other countries have, and he's not outlawing insurance. You could still buy private insurance for different things, but they, the way that they fearmonger, can't we ever get it right and just do something that works? You know what I mean? Like, why can't we have nice things, for Christ's sakes? It's got to be constantly pandering to greed and, and, the, and the sickness Oh, we can't allow it. We can't allow these insurance racketeers to go out of business. They need to go out of business. There's other jobs for other people. They can get other jobs because, you know, they'll get, they can get a job at Medicare. You know what I mean? But never, they, always, uh, they don't seem to care when uh, they're shipping jobs overseas so they can sell cheap shoes or some other bullshit in some Chinese factory. But, you know, I mean, Democrats, really, we need um, real change we can believe in. Right? Am I wrong? I don't know. I'm not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. This is ridiculous. They, they, they would be able to sell it if they tried. People, if they're afraid, I don't want to lose what I have. Well, you sell it to them as this is your patriotic duty. You know, when John F. Kennedy said we, we're going to put a man on the moon, it was something that was a unifying event and i do believe that if democrats had if this michael bennett or anybody they could explain to their constituents this is what they did when the british transitioned into their socialized medicine system they presented it as we won the we won the war we got through the war together world war ii and now we're going to ensure that every one of of our people has health care they positioned it as a patriotic imperative and i believe that americans if whoever is the standard bearer of the democratic party and those who are representing their their constituencies could present it as the same thing it's time to not leave everybody behind. We all have a story. Every American has a story about whatever. Being, not having, uh, not being able to go to the doctor when sick. Not, or, or, or getting uh, bills, unexpected bills from insurance company. Being denied care because the, the insurance. My sister, when she had her baby, my sister had three kids. And, you know, they're all good kids. They're all doing well. But... They, they, my sister had two C-sections and then she had her third child. She was in labor for over 24 hours because the insurance company didn't want to pay for another C-section. They told her, just try, try to have it naturally. But she had already had two C-sections. So my sister had to go through this agonizing pain before, okay, now we can, we can do the C-section that we, that the doctor knew was going to be necessary. But that's the insurance company for you. They don't want to pay? Are you kidding me? That's not how they get rich. And they're disgustingly rich. They're doing well. The CEO of United Healthcare left with his golden parachute, parachute, parachute of $1.6 billion. 
That's um, one bastard gets $1.6 billion for denying care to his fellow Americans. That should be something that would prompt a revolution, frankly. And the French had a remedy for it. They called it the National Razor, but I'm not, I'm not calling for that. But if that doesn't make you sick and say why one, one person needs $1.6 billion for denying care because you don't want to lose what you have, but you'll be, you'll, you will be getting so much more, and on top of it, leaving no one behind. It's time for us to really put E Pluribus Unum into action. There you go. If you donate to the Patreon, you will maybe one day help the show become a daily show, and we can s- stick together every every day if we um, if I have enough patrons. So please do that. All right, guys, listen. You know the drill. You you have your marching orders as far as the show is concerned and RDT Daily. Thank you for all your support. Please become a patron if you're not already and. Uh, Get a tickets for the Mind event on August 31st and get the link and buy some tickets. And hopefully I'll see you there. That'll be fun. We can hang out. In the meantime, and soon, actually, I'm going to have um, Rhonda Handsome is going to come back. A couple of weeks. We're coordinating that. So that'll be fun. And Poppy, she's been on tour. So Poppy Champlin. If you, if you haven't seen Poppy live, you got to do it. Guys, listen. My name is Tara Devlin. And like I always say, we stick together, we win. I'll see you next week.